season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app today and enjoy its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short, and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. And transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first-time deposit. 22Bet has some of the highest odds on all the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Please click the link in our podcast description to get started. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. I will be your host today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button already. That'd be greatly appreciated. And if you haven't as well, please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. We are live on Apple, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Today, my co-host, Eric Warner, is with me. Eric, so why don't we start off with a topic that a lot of people aren't. We haven't heard a lot of news about it, but we saw it on Twitter. TB12 is a business owned by Tom Brady. Took out a $1 million loan from the government for COVID-19 relief. Any opinion on that? <laughs> yeah, just wild. Tom definitely doesn't need that. Not, people always forget that Tom isn't the breadwinner in the house. So. Yeah, exactly. Giselle, too, right? Giselle is yeah. worth over $400 million. Tom Brady's so. worth $220 million, so that's how much he's worth. Right. Yeah. Worth yeah, it's so like... How Tom Brady needs a loan? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, Tom Brady was in discussion this week because uh, the Bucks were on a buy, so not a lot to talk about in Tampa Land, but um, a lot to talk about this week. Before we get into it, um, Eric, your Bears choke it away. They were up thirty to twenty in the fourth quarter, blow a ten point lead. Do you have any (laughs) any reaction to it? I know you said you didn't want to talk about it, but yeah, yeah. I don't want to touch on this game too long. It was ugly, like. It's just the way the season's been. I think that's the nail in the coffin for Ryan Pace because the play of the game was um, a line strip sack. Jermaine Ifedi just gets beat clean. Jermaine Ifedi cannot be your right tackle. And you're expecting to win football games. So that's the nail in the coffin for Ryan Pace. So that's my... That's my roundabout way of saying it. Might not be the worst. Thing. Yeah, I was like kind of both. Well, we're going to talk about the Eagles game in a sec, but I, I actually didn't feel bad leaving this week. Like I, I was like almost a relief. It's like I know what they are now. This yeah. is it. Like it's time to move on. Time it's to look just, at better, better things. There's a lot of good football being played. A lot of good things to talk about, and I, you know what I mean. As awful as, as the Bears have been the last few weeks, if they win that game, they're tied for the last wild. Yeah, it's so cool. it's it's still not over, man. Like they still, I know they've lost. They're five and seven, right? I think yeah, they, they lost six in a row. So it's still not done. But um, you probably you probably need to run the table, right? You need to go nine yeah. and seven, and 
that's going to be a tough, uh, tough goal for the Bears. Anyways, let's get into who we both think won the week, and that's the Cleveland Browns. we got to give the Browns some love here to start off the show. Cleveland Browns win 41-35. The game was not 41-35 if you're just a box score watcher. The Cleveland Browns spanked them from the beginning to end, in my opinion. I know that at the, the second half, the Titans had a lot of garbage time yards. But again, Browns, I think, was 38-7 going to halftime, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was 38-0 or 31-0. Yeah, they, they were up huge going into halftime yeah. by at least 30 points. Um, and let's start off just at the top. Um, let's just give Baker Mayfield some love in this game. Baker Mayfield was fantastic. Um, he had 25 completions, 33 attempts, threw for 334 yards, four titters, not a single pick. Like, what can you say? The guy, in my opinion, should be in MVP conversation. Oh, I, he's got to be in the combo. Like, he, he's got to be in the conversation. He is playing lights out football right now, in my opinion. He didn't play, he played okay in Jacksonville the week before that, but man, he looked good. Like, and we'll, we'll, before we get to Stefanski, which a lot to do with it, I just I think we got to show Baker some love. Uh, this is what I was worried about. <laughs> I've been on the Browns bandwagon the last few weeks because nobody was talking about them. So now when, I, when I'm hearing you say the word MVP. <laughs> He's not the MVP. He's got to be in the convo. <laughs> now the Browns are going to be the Browns. <laughs> no was talking about them. I love this team. Um. They're nine and three, but at the end of the day, they do still have a negative fifteen point difference. Yeah, that, they got smoked by the Steelers week one, right? And the Ravens, we Ravens week one, and then they got smoked by the Steelers. Yeah, another so game. So that's got a lot to do with it. A nine and three, yeah, game, negative fifteen uh, point differential. I'm high on this team. I think that they are one of the teams that can potentially beat the Chiefs just because of their O line and D line. Mm-hmm. I think they will be. They would be able to get pressure on Mahomes with only rushing four, which is, I think, the only way you're going to beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have that going for them. But it's still it, that was Baker Mayfield's first really good game of the year, or like overly good game of the year, where he won them the game. Um, Chubb only had 80 yards, uh, so Mayfield four touchdowns. They needed every one of those. Um, but yeah, the, the future is bright for the for the Browns, I think. I like them going into the playoffs this year, but the more that the public starts talking about them, the less I'm gonna like them. Yeah, it makes sense. Um I, I just think he looked great um running that offense yesterday. And like the throws he made weren't like were dinky dunk throws. Like he was making some big time plays. Um and like that that scene of that that kind of video of him chucking down the sideline after he had Donald Peoples Jones on the big touchdown. He's looking he looks like he's having fun. He looks like he's quarterbacking his team. The players want to play for him. So I just wanted to get Bick some shout out. Of course he's not the MVP. Of course not. But yeah, yeah. the conversation is yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but also something that um needs to be said, how I just brought up, I think the Browns might have a chance at being the Chiefs because of their formula. The Tennessee Titans have absolutely no chance <laughs> yeah. of competing in the AFC with this defense. They yeah, no pass rush and no zero game. pass rush yesterday at all. And look, in I so let's give Kevin Stefanski some love here. They attacked the Titans exactly how they should have attacked them: play action pass, play action pass, play action pass, and it worked. Like it worked to a T. Um, and they they you still had thirty two carries between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so they still did run the ball. Again, a lot of that was in the second half when they were up big. But at the same time, they they did it perfectly. All the plays were running off each other. You could see the the run game was uh was affecting the pass game. Like that one that like I just want to give credit to one play here. That one touchdown to Donald Peoples Jones. That that play it was they tried running it earlier in the game. It didn't work. 
And then they went back to it, and it hit perfectly. That it was a two-man route, and Joku and Donald Peoples Jones were running wide open down the field. He could have he could have picked who he wanted to throw it to. The yeah. Titans were lost. Like they look lost. Yeah. So I think there's two ways you can look at this game. One, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, are legit. They're a legit threat. You make you bring up a good point. They match up pretty well against a team like the Chiefs. Um, again, I'm not going to put them in the upper echelon of teams, but I think they're right in that like four to eight best team range in the NFL. You can make the argument. Like yeah. they're and so are we both on agreement that the Titans have no chance? Yeah, their pass rush was shot to Jamie on Clowney now done for the year. He wasn't doing anything anyways. Vic Beasley gone. Those are your two big acquisitions in the offseason, both not even on your roster right now. Yeah, and the secondary is a disaster. Yeah, exactly. Secondary is a mess. Um, so that that was I thought they were the winners of the week. Just Stefanski's got this team rolling. Um, you can you make the argument that he's in the coach of the year conversation? I think he's got it. Yeah. Um Coach of the Year, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, yeah. but I, this award is so fraudulent to me. Like, I just – I was reading today that in 2018, Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. Runner-up was Anthony Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> They're both not going to have jobs. Yeah. I got I to think on the Chargers later, so. We look too much into stock about – Oh, this guy's team went from bad to good. It should just be who's the best. Team. Yeah, that's, like, that's who's coaching the best. Team the you're, you're completely right. Yeah, it is a little bit of a fraudulent award. You kind of just give it to the hottest team, whoever the hottest team is. You go, oh, this guy's got to be winning it now. But anyways, um, what quick question for you? Um, I, I thought this was interesting. We uh, overdrive talk about this all the time. Would you rather have Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield for the next five years? Well, I'm not a golf guy right, yeah. at all, oh, yeah. and it's very recency biased with this performance <laughs> by Mayfield. But before the year, I would have said Mayfield, and right now, I would say Mayfield. I golf just doesn't handle pressure very well yeah. at all. It just, I think said any sort of pressure. I think that that will always hold the Rams back. Yeah, um, they had a nice win this week. I'll give them that one. They played very well, but I, I just, I like. I like Baker Mayfield's swagger, if you know what I mean. Like the way he kind of yeah, he's got he's got a little cockiness to him that I like, and it's not too much. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah, now yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think he has matured slightly, and I think his teammates have responded to it. Yeah, exactly. And the way your teammates will respond is by your play on the field first and foremost. Like if you play well, they will follow you. They will lead you. They will be with you if you're playing well at the starting quarterback position. So yeah, I'd probably say Baker too. It's more of the fact that Baker. Can get stuff done outside the pocket, in my opinion. Yeah. Goff just can't. Like he needs a clean pocket to work. But yeah, it's an interesting topic. And both both number one overall picks, right? So they're going to be compared. Um, but yeah, both I think and the Rams won too. So both these teams are playing well. Browns and Rams are definitely two teams to watch. Like under like dark horses, in my opinion. I know you're still not sold on the Rams, like I am, but uh still I, I think those are two interesting teams with two first overall picks that uh that are starting to kind of take notice. Anyways, let's get on to uh Get to like the big, I guess the big story of the weekend. Um, let's get this over with. Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Green Bay Packers in another non-convincing effort from the Eagles. Um, it was just a bad game all around. Um, the first half, nothing like. Let's all start with the game. I'll tee it up to the big story. Went to sack four times, like looked indecisive all game. Nothing changed. Like it was the same freaking crap that they all all year. Like not this offense was not moving anywhere. It hit halftime, Eric, and I thought to myself, you know what? If they're going to make the change to Hurts, it's now. It's got to be now. Like, I don't know how much worse Carson Wentz can possibly play. And a lot of the problems, like, you brought it up even on last week's episode, a lot of the problems with Wentz, like, it's really the last two weeks have shown. Like, it, the offensive line wasn't actually too bad yesterday. It was 
Wentz not playing bad. And he's been playing awful majority of the year, but I think it's really starting to emphasize in recent weeks. They actually give him one more series after halftime, and then they pull him. I, I thought when he went back out after once, he was like, they're not gonna tell they're not pulling him at, at, ever. Like if they're not pulling him now, but they give him one more series and then Hertz comes in. Um, Jalen Hurts drives right down the field. A holding penalty, a really crappy holding penalty, shuts down his first drive. The Eagles were in the red zone. If it wasn't for that holding penalty, it was that that kind of ruined the game. Then they, they weren't going to win the game anyways. But that that kind of shut it down, in my opinion. It was too little, too late. Um, but then they, uh, Jalen Hurts hits Jalen Rager on a nice throw, and then he makes a nice play to Greg Ward on fourth and eighteen. Jalen Rager has a punt return touchdown, so you could kind of see a little bit of juice in the Eagles team, right? Like mm-hmm. like when Hurts was brought in. Um, I thought he looked okay. What did you think of Hurts when he when he went in? I'm skeptical of how to evaluate it yeah. because it wasn't garbage time, but it was like it was as close as he yeah pre garbage yeah exactly time, yeah you know what I mean? Like I didn't see Jer Alexander playing lockdown. He was kind of playing off coverage. Yeah, as a earlier in the game, he was playing lockdown, and Eagles Wentz couldn't complete a pass. Yeah, to anyone that Alexander was covering at least. Um, so I don't know how to evaluate the. Well, quarter and a half we got out of Hertz, but the one thing I would say is the Eagles players played with more games. Exactly. Yeah. That, there was more energy yeah, exactly. on both sides of the ball. Yeah. As ex- soon as Hertz was put in the exactly. Ball. So that, that's the that's the big thing you have to take away from this game is they looked better with him at quarterback. What like Hertz wasn't great. He actually like he made like he wasn't look he missed a couple throws. Like it's a lot like Hertz was amazing. But you have to look at it this way. They they were moving the ball with him at quarterback. Like the, the football was projectively going forward and not backwards. That it's been going backwards all year. Hasn't been working. And when Hertz went in there, he made and on the second drive, I thought it was really important. He had two runs of like 15 yards that like Wentz would not be able to make, right? With with a broken team, you need to find ways to make plays. And I think Hertz perfectly fits the scenario right now where he's able to make plays outside the pocket that Carson's just not doing. Um, so yeah, he, that's the biggest takeaway is they have juice with him at quarterback. Yeah, does he is he getting the start next? So uh, the way I look at it, so now what? Um, there's two ways to look at it. Like now what for right now, and now what after the year? Um, right now, Hurts has to play the next four games. There's no ifs ands or buts. He's got to start. You have to see what you have with him. Like you, you're gonna get a top seven pick most likely. They're at the sixth pick right now. If the Dallas Cowboys beat the Ravens on on two tomorrow, which is probably not going to happen, but say it does, Eagles have the fifth overall pick now. Like you know what I mean? The so you have you don't get to be a top you don't get a top ten pick very often. So when you're there, you always have to evaluate the quarterback position. So you have to see what you have now. Carson Wentz, you know it's not getting fixed this year at all. It's done. I'm sorry. I'm a Wentz apologist. I've always liked Carson. It's over for this year. It's not happening. It's the I don't know what it is. There's probably a different bunch of different reasons why. From the Jalen Hurts draft pick, from the offense being not very exciting. There's many reasons why Carson Wentz is not playing well. But it's not happening this year. We just need to accept it. We need to move on from this year with Carson Wentz. You have to start Jalen Hurts for the next four games. You have to see what you have. You spent the second round pick on the guy. It's not like this is a seventh round pick that you that you're just Man, putting it. Exactly. Yeah. You you invested a significant resource in Jalen Hurts. So you have to see what you have with them the next four games. Is he gonna play well? Probably not. Like he did this offense sucks. So the more realistic scenario that I see going into this year is Jalen Hurts underperforms, or not underperforms, but doesn't play very well, and Carson Wentz played awful. Then you're then you going into the, the next year with seeing what you got, but you have to see what you, you get a Jalen Hurts these next four games because you have to evaluate the whole roster. After that, what do you do going forward? 
Um, I look at it though. I look at it this way. There is zero chance that you can go into next year with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz both on the roster. Wow. I, I don't see how you can do it. You can't run it back. It's it's been a disaster with these two at the helm. You know what I mean? That you have to pick one way or the other, or you go another way. You draft a quarterback or you trade for a quarterback. I don't know, but you you need to have significant knowledge of what you have at the position. You cannot roll out another Wentz and Jalen Hurts situation, in my opinion. So how would that work? You ask. Well, I did some digging today, and I realized that Carson Wentz is tradable. As much as his contract sucks. As big as it is, and take this in, his contract hasn't started yet. Yeah. <laughs> they had they signed him to this four-year, $120 million extension with $107 guaranteed dollars, and it has not kicked in yet. Uh, that's the definition of a disaster, first and foremost, in an NFL standpoint. But he is tradable. If they trade him by June 3rd, which is the third designated day of the new league year, they can it will be a $33 million cap hit in 2021. And then they are out of the contract. So you bite the bullet for $31 million or 33 or 31. I can't remember the exact number, but you bite the bullet for one year. Then you're out of the contract. Then it's whoever is your trade partner's problem is. However, you need to find a team with a significant amount of cap space, a significant amount of trust in Carson Wentz, which how many people have? There is one team that fits the bill. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. The Indianapolis Colts have the second most cap space going into 2021 behind the New York Jets. The Jets are clearly not going to trade for Carson Wentz. So that's it. It's pretty much Wentz to the Colts or it's not happening, in my opinion. That's the only it's the only trade scenario you can think of because you'll have the trust factor of Frank Reich. He, he him and Carson Wentz clicked like like that. That 2017 offense was like the I think they finished third in passing yards. Like they were at the top of the every offensive category, right? And Carson Wentz was the best quarterback you could argue in the NFL that year until he got hurt. So that you get the trust factor with Frank Reich, and then you have the cap space with the Indianapolis Colts. That Those are the two, those are two things the Eagles need. They need a dance partner, and the Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion, are the only team that can dance with them when it comes to Carson Wentz. If I'm if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I'm not making that trade. Like he, Carson Wentz has played terrible. Like he, he, what are you looking at if you're an Indianapolis Colts organization saying, hey, let's take this guy off your hands. We'll take that big fat contract you just paid him. Here, come to us. I don't see it happening. However, Eagles fans need to kind of maybe get in their head that this is a realistic scenario. Like as much as we love Carson Wentz, as much as we don't want to see our, our franchise quarterback go down, this is a very realistic possibility that Carson Wentz is not on the team in 2021. But that's the only thing I can see happening. Like this is the you'll need a trade you'll need a trade partner with a lot of cap space and trust in him. Indianapolis Colts makes sense. The New England Patriots I was kind of looking at maybe makes sense. The cap space not as much, but they have a lot of contracts they can get out of. And then you have the Bill Belichick factor where he doesn't want to start over with a new quarterback. That's it. Those are the two teams that make sense to me, Eric. I, I don't. And so that's getting rid of Wentz. You could if Jalen Hurts plays okay, maybe you could flip him for a second, third round pick, fourth round pick, whatever. However, I the only thing I'm getting out of this season is the Jalen Hurts shot pick was a complete and utter disaster. The quarterback situation has been a complete and utter disaster. You need to fix it this offseason. If that's getting rid of Jalen Hurts, if that's getting rid of Carson Wentz, I don't know. I don't care. But this quarterback situation is, is ruined this year. That's basically said and done. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Yeah. And I really do see the Indianapolis Colts connection because of Frank Wright. Yeah. I think he might vouch for Wentz. But – Trading Carson Wentz right now is trading him at his absolute exactly. lowest yeah, yeah. trade value. Yep, you're right. You would have to admit you're probably not getting anything. Third, third round pick, probably no. most. I think third round pick is the most you no. can get. Even 
Well, Foles went for a fourth. Right. And so that's what you have to kind of take. You, you have to put it. And Nick Foles is the perfect guy, like the, the way to match it up with, like, because there's not, this has never happened before. This is unprecedented, right? As bad as he was last year, it was not as bad as Carson. Yes. Was. No, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. So my point, third max, fifth, sixth lowest is probably what you would get for Carson Wentz. That, that's what I'm trying to say. It depends who you when, dep- when you consider his contract. I was honestly thinking the Eagles would have to give like a Oh stick. no, I don't I don't and think no 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 no. no I, I think I think you could fetch a fourth or a fifth round pick. I I, I think it, again it it all depends on who your trade it, it all depends on who the trade partner is. Like that's the biggest thing because you need to find a, a, a coaching staff in in a front office who is excited and believe that they can flip Carson Wentz. Now let's look look I want to just before we move on, I want to flip it the other way. The Eagles are going to have to fire Doug Peterson, in my opinion, at the end of this at the end of this year. They're going to have to flip his coaching staff. So you're going to be getting rid of majority of your offensive coaching staff, if not all. I think the only guy that stays on the on the staff is Jeff Stoutland, is the offensive line coach. He's been great. He's been around since the Andy Reid era. That that guy stays. Everyone else goes. Um, whoever you bring in is going to be making this decision. Right, like it's it's not it's not going to be the people in in house right now that are making this call. So that's why it's tough to dictate what's going to happen because I have a very hard time believing that Howie Roseman's going to have. I actually think Howie Roseman's going to stick around, but I have a hard time believing he's going to be making personnel decisions for the Eagles next year. Like you can't, you cannot have him have control of this draft pick. You can't have him have control of this roster any longer. He might be stay around in some sort of capacity as like a salary cap guy, something like that. But there's going to be a new man at the helm when it comes to personnel. There's going to be a new head coach. There's going to be a new offensive coordinator. Those three guys are going to decide what happens to Carson Wentz. And if you – the one thing you're Jeffrey Lurie are going to look at, are you trying to get the right guys to fix Carson Wentz or fix the franchise? You have to make them fix the franchise, not fix Carson Wentz. You cannot look short-sighted here. You have to fix the whole team. There are problems on the, from top to bottom. So the biggest thing, and I'm going to hype the Eagles fans and, and hype to the world – if they go into 2021 just eyes on Carson Wentz, that's short-sighted and that's a problem. You have a top draft pick. I know you don't want to take a quarterback, but you might have to with the way it's going. Anyways, though, all in all, this has been a complete and utter disaster what the Eagles have done this year for the quarterback position. Straight up. That, that's it. And it's fall, It's all falling apart. And it's completely – you feel bad for Carson. You feel bad for Jalen Hurts. Eagles fans, you feel bad for all of us. Like It's been a complete mess. Howard Roseman and the front office have completely botched this. Um, that's yeah. basically my take on this. <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you said, and I guess the next four weeks are going to go a long way into determining that. Yeah, Hurts is starting, so Hurts has got a real tough test <laughs> if he gets to start next. He's got the Saints coming up, and he's get. I, I, I have. I'm firmly believe that they'll go with Hurts because I feel like if they were going back to Carson, they would have said that already. You know what I mean? Like they would have said it at the press conference after, been like, "Oh, we were just benching him. He'll be your starter next week." Right? You would have probably done that. It yeah. make, it, it all all roads are leading towards Jalen Hurts, but uh, we'll so, definitely see. But a tough start, uh, tough start for his career going against the Saints next week if he yeah. is starting. So we'll get an evaluation of Hurts over the next four yeah. weeks. All right, let's let's go to buy or sell, or would you rather? Let's start with would you rather. All right, new segment. Would you rather? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Would you rather have Justin Jefferson or any of the four rookie wide receivers selected ahead of This is easy. Justin Jefferson. I think he's the best receiver in this class. He is a stud. He's a future stud in the making. I think he's the best rookie, and he should win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year is a debate. Yeah, I think it's Jefferson. I don't think it's close. He's he's the best player on offense this year as a rookie. 
Yeah, he has a thousand yards. Yeah. His rookie numbers in Minnesota are yeah, amazing. More impressive than Randy Moss. Yes, I know. It's outrageous. So I would probably take Justin Jefferson as well. But I think it's way too early to evaluate Jerry Judy with what he's had in Denver. Very inconsistent quarterback play. Henry Ruggs has been in and out of the lineup. Actually, I don't even really like Ruggs, to be honest, just because he's – I think he's kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, I have – like I he's really, really good. You know, I, I hate the way they use him. Yeah. I was watching that I, – I watched a weird amount of Vegas versus Jets this weekend because I had some money on it, more than I wish I admitted. But anyways, I ended up, and I ended up flipping okay. I had Ruggs at any time touchdown, so I was kind of focusing on Ruggs this game, and I hate the – it's so much horizontal movement. Get him upfield. It's yeah. so annoying. But, yeah, I think Jefferson um, – you're definitely taking him over Rieger. Yep. Eagles are probably going to regret that for a long time. Yep. Like they have with the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over T.K. Metcalf pick. Yep. And C.D. Lamb, I think, has the highest ceiling of the four taken ahead of Jefferson. But, again, can't evaluate him yet with the yep. quarterback play he's had. I, I think I think I would take Jefferson. He looks so good. Like He's so smooth as route running. He's got fat, He's got quickness. He's tall. He's long. He's athletic. I can't believe I missed on him. I didn't. I, I can't believe it that the Eagles missed on him. I can't believe it that he didn't. He wasn't the top receiver taken. He's he's so good. I would take him over those top four guys any day. Okay. Would you rather have the Cleveland Browns offensive line, which I think is the best run blocking line, yeah, or the Green Bay Packers offensive? So line? I think I would go Packers pass blocking line just for the significance of keeping Rodgers for their offense. I think it works more. But this is a tough one. Um, it all depends on kind of who what tailors your offense to it. And if you take a look at both these teams, their offensive lines are perfectly tailored to what they want to do on the football field, right? Like the Packers want to get the ball downfield more with the passing game, so they have a better pass blocking O line. The Browns want to get, kind of establish the run more. They have a run blocking O line. I'd probably go. I think the Packers O line is legit. Like they're very good. I, I I think they're the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, yeah. I think that they yeah. they're definitely the best pass blocking yeah. offensive line. I get why you. Say that I would rather the Browns offensive line, I guess. Just I'm I love that style of run the football, yeah. And the this group, JC Treader, fourth on PFF of centers, Joel Batonio's third, Wyatt Teller's first, Jack Hawkins, yeah. Like this group has been playing light, yeah. They have and they've been healthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wyatt Teller is the only player on the line that's missed some games this yeah. year, he's, he's, he's a stud too, he's all pro, yeah, this year, but. He's missed four games this year. They're two and two in the games he's missed. In the games he's played, they're seven and one. Um, so I, I love this Browns line, but the Packers offensive line is just as good, you can say. Yep. Um, okay, would you rather in playoff game for this season, so you're starting on the road, would you rather have Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield as your quarterback? I'm going to go with Josh Allen because of the playoff experience. I think, I hope he learned a lot from last year because he blew that game against last year for the, against the Texans in the wild card round. He played awful in the second half. I hope he learned kind of, uh, I think he gained some experience. Like he looks like a different quarterback this year than he did last year. So I, I'd say Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield's unproven. Um, I know he's playing well this year, but I'd probably go Allen. Yeah, I'm going to take Allen as yeah. well, just for exactly what you said, the playoff experience. Baker kind of does, like we said about his swagger's attitude, he does look like the kind of guy that might not be intimidated by the playoffs. That's true. But every uh, quarterback's a rookie until they've made their first start, and he is a rookie playoff quarterback, so I'm going to go with Josh Allen just for that reason. 
All right. Would you rather – kind of similar question. For the rest of this season, would you rather have Taysom Hill or Kyler Murray as your quarterback? Uh, I'd go Kyler Murray, but look, the Cardinals' offense looks discombobulated. Something's not going right there. Like, Cliff Kingsbury and Murray aren't hitting, I think, on the same terms. I don't know if Murray's injured. He's got some shoulder issues. He doesn't look right. The Cardinals' offense as a whole doesn't look right. I think Murray's a better player. Um, Taysom Hill, just it's watching him play football is weird because, like, he's 32, but he still looks like he doesn't have the right mechanics. I don't know. I'd probably say Murray's a better player, but I'd rather have the Saints offense as a whole going forward, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Taysom Hill. Yeah. For the first time this uh, this Sunday, I, watching Kyler Murray, couldn't believe how small he is. Yeah. Countless passes batted down the line of scrimmage. He said he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Something's because his ball has no zip. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. It's got to be a shoulder injury, but he looks small and. Against a physical team in the Rams this week, he looked scared in the pocket. Yeah. He was looking to run out of the out of the pocket in seconds. Like he didn't even give his offensive line a chance to set a pocket. Yeah. He was already leaving it. Yeah. And I was very concerned with what I saw from Kyle Murray this week. Yeah. So I'm going Taysom Hill. I like how he's playing down. Yeah, he, he looks okay. Like he, he made some big time throws, like quarterback throws that we haven't yeah. seen him really make, right? Yeah. Third and long. Yeah. Michael Thomas to move the chains. He had a really bad turnover late in the game that actually made this game closer than what it was. So he's going to look for him to kind of get fix those mistakes down the road. Yeah. I'm all in on Taysom. His, his, his stats at BYU is last year kill me. He, went, he had 12 picks, 11, 12 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, only threw for 2,300 yards at BYU was last year. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's a quarterback. And now he's like a star. Like this is like this. There's like a hundred guys that have these stats and NCAA football every year. And Sean Payton's flipped this guy into like a great quarterback. Hats off to Payton, man. It's yeah, seriously. Yeah. All righty. Would you rather have the number one wide receiver in the NFL, whoever you think it is, or the number one cornerback in the NFL? Number one wide receiver. I don't think it's just close. I think having a number one receiver is so important. Um, I will say this: Jalen Ramsey looks like the defensive player of the year and the most viable defensive player in the NFL right now. Like he is playing lights out. With having a lockdown corner is very important. But in my opinion, if you can just have like a stud wide receiver, it just makes all the difference in the world for your quarterback and for your team. I would go there. But I, I it's Ramsey's making a hard case for having a lockdown corner. But I, I would go wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going lockdown corner yeah. just because of what you said. The way Jalen Ramsey played on Sunday was. I was amazed. He yeah. shut down Hopkins, and he just plays so physical. I know he's he's scared. like he's intimidating to wide yeah. receivers. I actually think that you could call a penalty on every single play. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. To be honest, yeah. I don't know why like refs are intimidating. Yeah. Never just an intimidating guy. Like he, he's yeah. got he's got that like swagger to him. So that's something I kind of noticed with Darius Slay the last couple of weeks is. He's a smaller guy, and mm-hmm. I love that Jalen Ramsey's a physical corner, so he doesn't get he doesn't get what DK Metcalf basically did to yeah. Darius Slay, mm-hmm. where he just outmanned him. Yeah, and Ramsey played while well. he shut down Metcalf the, yeah. uh, that that game against the against the Seahawks. Yeah, the Slay things. He has not looked like a shutdown corner. He's not a top five corner in the NFL. Maybe top fifteen, but not top five. He's getting paid way too much. Um, so yeah, Ramsey makes that much of a difference on the, on the team. So I could I could buy it, but I, I just think having that wide receiver presence for your quarterback is just all the difference in the world right now. It's true. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty, that's would you rather. Let's move into buy or sell here. Um, okay, you buy or sell. Greg Williams intentionally <laughs> called a zero blitz so the Jets could lose. So game. I've been going back and forth on this one all day. I can't, I can't figure out if it was on purpose or not. I'm gonna sell it. I don't think it was. I don't. I. The reason I don't think it was is he got canned today. Like he got fired for it. Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so why would why would he intentionally do it if he knew he was going to get fired? Right? Like, I I don't know what he was thinking. Like, that was the, one of the worst play calls in history. A couple weeks like, ago, we said that the Mike McCarthy punt fake punt was the worst play call of the year. This was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was hands down. It's got to be. They all suck. So let's put him on an island against Henry Ruggs with a game <laughs> on the line. The second fastest player in the league, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no. All that play, like at all, yeah. And how about we take a look at Greg Williams' resume now? Yeah. So he obviously you got to start with Bounty Gate, yeah, disaster. <laughs> Goes over to the Browns, part of that 0 16 season, yeah. And now he's got this Jets defense on his resume. <laughs> Why is Greg Williams getting jobs? <laughs> he's a, he's he's been okay. He's been an okay defensive quarter some places, but he's got a sketchiest resume clearly. And yeah, his defense haven't really panned out lately. Um, there's a great tweet I saw of Albert Breer of NFL, of NFL Network said, if sending a zero blitz into a Hail Mary situation is the last defensive call that Greg Williams ever makes, I think it's the way that he would have wanted to go out. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Perfect, perfect way to end Greg Williams' absolute insane career. But uh, I think I'm going to sell it. I think he's just cuckoos. I don't, I don't think it came from the top. Like, I don't think he's op- openly choking, right? Because he, if he wants to keep the job, he needs to play well. And he clearly yeah. didn't. So I, I yeah. The players, yeah, wants to be exactly. It's just a play call makes no sense. Like yeah. zero help over Henry Ruggs on a hail mary situation is just baffling. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders had to throw the ball to the end zone. It just blows my mind how stupid coaches can be sometimes. Yeah. But okay, are you buying or selling? OBJ gets traded this offseason. I'm buying. I think he does. His contract, he's able to get traded. The, the Browns don't have to take a significant cap hit. I think they actually save like $7 million by trading him. So his, his contract says it's okay. I don't think it makes any sense to bring him back. Um, he probably needs a, some sort of a fresh start, I guess. Um, him and Baker never clicked from the start. And Jarvis Landry's solid one. Like He's a, he's playing really good football right now. I think if you compare him with just another kind of guy like similar to Landry, I think the Browns would be okay. I don't think they need him. I, I'm buying. I, I would move him if I was Cleveland. Like if I was in charge, I would. Yeah, um, this is a tough one for me because I do think that the Browns have been playing better without OBJ. That's that's actually unquestionable. Yeah, they have. But at the same time, as soon as you trade that number one wide receiver, you're looking for one. Yeah, so that's true. I think it's going to come down to the draft where they are in the draft. If they see if they think that they could get a wide receiver with their pick. Maybe they look at doing it, but I think OBJ does kind of he he increases the ceiling of the Cleveland Browns because he adds a dynamic That's that true. they don't have. So yeah. I don't. I'm gonna sell it. I don't think he gets traded unless unless a sweetheart rookie falls into their lap or something else. But I'm I'm selling it. All right. Um, okay, buy or sell. If the New York Giants win the NFC East. Joe Judge is the coach of the year. Sell, come on with that. <laughs> and it's the NFC East. Like they're five and seven. He does not deserve coach of the year. Yes, he deserves some credit for getting his team up to where they are. And what they've won four in a row now. Four? Yeah, no, they're playing good football. Can't deny it. But 
Coach of the Year, missed you with that. Absolute sell. Yeah. Uh, I talked about how dumb the Coach of the Year award is, so yeah. that's why I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I think him getting this team without Saquon into the playoffs is what the – that's what the voters vote on. Like, yeah. Stupid stuff like that. Yeah, but like winning the NFC East is no accomplishment right now. Like, you should call me crazy. Yeah. I don't think that this team's lining up to play the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. They, with Colt McCoy just went on the road and beat the Seahawks in Seattle. That is not an easy task. And it was all because of their defense. It wasn't really Colt McCoy. Yeah. The Giants' defense was outstanding. And whether or not Joe Judge uh, wins coach of the year this year is not the point. I think that he's got the culture that he wanted to implement in New York, and his team's responding to him. So. Yeah, shut up Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Giants. playing. He's sneakily up there, and maybe if you need a coach next year, the yeah. guy you call, former defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins last year, he's in the Patriots system. He's got the defense playing hard. And they don't have a lot of talent on defense, which is weird. Like, right. you know what I mean? like, there's not a lot of star names. Like, yeah, they like, just play. The yeah, game. they just play. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. shout out. To, yeah, the the Giants are playing really good football right now. But um, I would coach of the year. I don't know, but yeah, anyways, we'll see. yeah. <laughs> okay, buy or sell. Ryan Fitzpatrick gives the Miami Dolphins a better chance of winning in the playoffs this season. Sell. Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback. Just watch them play. Ryan Fitzpatrick's not good. He's not bringing you anywhere. He's not. Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback. Provides more to the offense. It's Tua. Sell. I'm alarmed too. Uh, to be honest, yeah. I he actually played okay. Like he didn't play that bad. But it's the Bengals. That's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. What I think that Magic would have done. Yeah. I just think when I watch, I've watched this team a lot this year because I'm on the Brian Flores hype train, and he's actually probably the leader for Coach of the Year. Yeah. But Brian Fitzpatrick and um, Devontae Parker have chemistry. Tua and Devontae Parker do not have chemistry. Yeah. And I think I've seen games this year where Devontae Parker's looked like a dominant wide receiver. And every time it's been with Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback. So that's why I think for this season, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives the Dolphins a better chance to win. But obviously going forward, Tua is the future. But I've, I've liked what I've seen out of Ryan Fitzpatrick more this year than I have of Tua. Yeah, um, I just I'm just not a Fitzpatrick fan, and <laughs> I just can't take I can't take the saga anymore. Tua, like if you take a look at his stats, he's completed sixty three percent of his passes. He's seven no touchdown to interception. He has yet to throw a pick. His pass rating of ninety nine point four. Um, like he's, he hasn't he just hasn't flashed. Like you know what I mean? Like he hasn't like he's a fifth overall pick. He was like a top prospect until that knee injury. So that's the issue when it comes to Tua, in my opinion. He just doesn't. Hasn't shown it all yet, but I still think he's a better quarterback. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Buy or sell. This Sunday, his performance, Cam Newton just earned another year in New England. This is tough. Their offense is like sparking again. They've got a little bit of juice. They're kind of back to that old school run the football with Cam Newton style offense. Um, I think he deserves another shot. I think you can maybe run it back with this offense one more time, see what you got. Um, I, he's look, they're playing really good football. I think that the Patriots' success has been more on the defensive side of the ball the past two weeks. Their defense has been very good. Um, but it's tough. I, I don't know because I, I you want to see what these next four games have. He can lead them to the playoffs, like you know what I mean? Like they're in the playoff race right now with how bad the Raiders looked. You know what I mean, they're, they're right there at the, at the end of the AFC. They could, it's a realistic scenario where they can make the playoffs. So, um, I don't know. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sell it because I think they'll probably move they'll move off of him and they'll go another direction just because like he hasn't been 
like amazing enough to bring him back. But I would like to see him get another starting job somewhere next year. That's for sure. Yeah. Talk about a butt kicking this game. Eh? 45 nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm I'm actually gonna sell it as well, just because the way that the way that they're using Cam Newton tells me that they don't care about his body because he ran the ball 14 times. Yeah, I know. That doesn't touch <laughs> Imagine being a running back on that roster. Like yeah. your quarterback is the running back, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> telling me that he cares about Cam Newton's future. Um, that's in a 45 nothing game. He's getting 14 carries. So I'm going to sell it. I think Cam Newton's proven that he's an NFL quarterback still, though. So I think he'll get a job. I just don't think it will be with New England. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So two things I learned. Perfect segue into this because uh, one thing I learned, um, the L.A. Chargers, it's time to blow this bad boy up. Like you said, 45 nothing, um, 45 nothing uh, loss. I, I think uh, – I think it's time. Look, Anthony Lynn, there was like like a bunch of mistakes on um this year or the that game. They had they had four different special teams plays where they had too many men on the field or too little men on the field. They're they're on pace to be the worst special teams team in history except for the 2009 Buffalo Bills. They like special teams is kind of like all coaching. Like just get your players on the field in the right spot. And Anthony Lynn can't do that. The fact that Justin Herbert wasn't pulled in yesterday's game is spectacular. The fact that he was putting his working quarterback out there just to continue to get hammered blows my mind. Um, LA Chargers, I think they got to blow it up. Anthony Lynn, your, your tenure's done. I've learned that. And another thing I learned, the NFL is a little bit closer than we all think. Look at the New York Jets put up a little bit of a fight yesterday. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars put Minnesota to the brink. I think a lot of these teams maybe think they have cakewalks going into some of these, these games, and they don't. And I, I think you're going to see a quick turnaround of a lot of these teams, like the Jets and the Jaguars. There's talent on the roster. I think the bottom of the league can be flipped to the top of the league quite quite soon after next year. Right on. Uh, that kind of builds into one of the things I learned this week is the the bottom of the NFC playoff picture isn't as it isn't as cut clear as we originally thought. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, even though they did not look very good, they got a win. They're six and six all of a sudden. Arizona with a loss falls back to six and six. San Francisco, by the time you're listening to this, might be six and six. We're both on San Fran tonight, so we're hoping they take that game against Buffalo. So the bottom of the bottom of the NFC is a lot tighter than we originally thought. And I don't know if you saw this picture circulating online. The other thing that I learned is the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is utterly. Oh, I know. it's so. There bad. was a fight in the Miami Cincinnati game this week where both teams. Pretty much benches cleared. And the only thing you can see in this picture is the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line sitting on the bench. They're the only players of both teams to not be on the field during this fight. They are utterly useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to finish it off. I love it. Anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back later this week with our picks episode and breaking down a week. We're going to week 14 here. Season's ticking down. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.